0: You're listening to Radio Kidnapped, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is a program called Instant Zone, peak performance every day. And it's my pleasure, as always, to have in the studio Edmund Otis. How are you going, Edmund? I'm good, Ken. How's it going? Pretty good. Now, peak performance every day, we talk about it, and you say it's possible, of course. But I wonder, in these very troubling times, and we've just been having a long conversation off air, we should have recorded it,
1: <laughs> do you find that it's detrimental to peak performance every day? It has to be, doesn't it? Well, you know, I mean, again, we, we, we talk about this a lot. And again, you know, when, when we're looking at athletes where I get a lot of my data, my lot of, a lot of my theories, because the point of sport is to perform well in a pressured situation. But y- you need to look at its peak performance in what context, right? You know, if I'm a mom and I have two kids... You know, my kids are home. Peak performance may just mean doing the best I can in the environment that everybody's happy. Everybody's as effective as we can. And we, I do the best I can with the resources I'm given. Uh, so it isn't always everybody's going to, you know, walk on water, scale yeah. walls, you know, beat up the bad guy yeah. and, you know, run races. But what I'm focused on is what can people do in their immediate environment considering the situation, that allows them to do as well as they can, and and again that that it's a split bunch of definitions. As well as they can may mean for some people, you know, if the real estate agent they sell ten houses this month, but for other people it may just mean you know um, everybody's home. We're stuck here. We just yeah. came out of the lockdown. It just means doing what I can. That everybody gets along. That we're comfortable. We recognize the challenges, the situation, and you know, and we're decent to each other. Yeah. So it's all relative, but yet yet it's critical. Yes, yeah, so it's a fluid situation. Yeah, it certainly is. Take on a day by day basis.
0: Okay, today we're going to have a look at how to recognize self defeating behavior. You must see a lot of it.
1: Yeah, well, I think we all do. Um, and, and basically, self defeating behavior um, there's there's a full range of it. I mean, if anybody goes online and looks at the medical stuff, self defeating or self destructive behavior is everywhere, from you know suicide to. Someone who continually just doesn't perform well and gets passed over for jobs, okay, or doesn't do a good job and ends up, you know, having his friends not deal with him. It's it's the full range of full range of situations. And what I'm more interested in is the kind of things we see we see people do and we may do that we act in a way that keeps us from actually attaining our goals. Yeah, but I've got a whole list here of stuff that I looked at and I thought, wow. Who doesn't do this almost every
0: single day? Possibly you don't. But, I mean, uh, we have a look at uh, number two on the list. We'll come back to the first one. But uh, self-criticism, well, who doesn't say, oh, I couldn't do that?
1: Well, Who I mean, doesn't say that? Well, everybody does that. But, however, it's the motivation behind it, right? You know, there's a big difference between saying, hmm, I could have done better and saying I'm no good. Okay, I'm, I could have done better gives hope. And again, it, it's it's an attitude. Um, self-critical behavior, if you in, are in a habit or you have a personality trait where everything that happens, you choose or you find yourself interpreting it to reinforce the fact that you're no good. Mm-hmm. That's going to lead to self-defeating behavior. If you're fairly open-minded and you say, you know, that job didn't, interview didn't go that well or my relationship mm-hmm. is having a hard time, what can I do to make it better? Um, one of the th- one of the things we see is you know of people's you know I do a lot of work around resilience people's willingness to reach out and get external feedback you know to either get some help or get some obli- get some ideas or get some reinforcement but every- everybody should be critical I mean you know you, you, at the other end of it is yeah. people are never critical you have you know, and we have worldwide examples of you know crazed narcissism yeah. <laughs> I'm always right everybody yeah, has it out right. for me yeah. but but self criticism is either again with all of these things. What is the final point? Is it to reinforce the fact that I really am no good, which leads to what's the point, which leads to I don't try, which leads to I expect, you know, to defeat, be defeated? Or does it say, well, maybe I could do a little bit better here?
0: What's the norm, though, in your experience? Uh, I might suggest that the norm is not I could have done better, but the norm
1: probably is, ooh, I'm no good. No, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think we see a lot of that. But I, if you look around, um, you know, we're... You know, we, we've we been through a fairly complex situation. We're going through it. And in general, um, most people are actually doing as well as they can. I tend to be a bit more optimistic. Um, I, I don't think the norm, by norm, the majority yeah. is people who are overly negative. I think most people are doing pretty well. Um, I think most people have a fairly realistic view of things. Um, I think most people, when they drop the ball, they say to themselves, man, I dropped the ball. I'm mm. going to try better tomorrow. Um, one of the things we were talking about before the show, though, is we need to be careful where we're getting our information. Yeah, what we are seeing is more incidents of depression or uh, defeatist behavior based on you know how much time you spend looking at things like Facebook or Instagram. But again, that depends on the choices you make of what what you look at.
0: I wonder, there's an old-fashioned saying: believe uh, half of what you hear, um, half of what you read, and now it's almost half of what you see. Uh, you know, if someone says this is the podium of truth. Oh, they said it's a podium of truth, Run away! must believe them. Run away. (laughs) Find the door. Get out. (laughs) How do you know um, what is real in this day and age? There's so much fake stuff around it. Just because someone says, hey, look, come here. This is the the real deal. How do you know that is the real
1: deal? Well, we're we're changing the subject a bit. It's a little bit (laughs) bigger than I prepared for. Because (laughs) if I had that answer, I would be the podium of truth. Okay. You know, Well, I mean, I think a lot of it is, a lot of it I think for most of the clients I do, the first thing I do when I work with clients, and I don't want to make it sound bigger than it is, the first thing I do is I ask if, you know, the work we do together goes well, if things go well, if you get what you want, what is your goal, where are you going to be, what's going to be different? Um, I think self-defeating behavior Uh, One of the keys of it is if you say to yourself, what is the use of having any kind of a goal because I'm never going to achieve it. Um, So I think people can, you know, look at reasonable goals. Um, I'm I'm not prepared, nor do I have the solution. What do we do with all the insanity we hear, (laughs) you know, in a variety of situations? But, you know, but if my goal is to, you know, have a happier family or if my goal is to be more successful in my career or my goal is to do a better job. Um, I need to define what that looks like. Yeah. And then there's steps we can take that allow us to hit that goal in a practical way.
0: Yeah. That topic does sort of fit in with what we're saying, though, uh, recognizing self-defeating behavior. Because I wonder that you know if we look at the, both sides of, say, climate change, yep. for every scientist that comes out and says there's climate change, you could probably find another scientist which says it's not half as bad as what no. they're making no. See, so it I out to
1: be. I don't think so. I, I've looked at that. It's, it's kind of like the COVID vaccine thing. Right. People will say that for every doctor that you find that says you should get vaccinated, you can find another doctor who says you shouldn't. If you try hard enough. When the reality is, you know, for every thousand doctors who say you should get vaccinated, you can maybe find one doctor who's probably had his license taken who says you shouldn't. Um, Climate change is very, very much the same thing. You know, again, it's hard to refute the evidence. The, the question is, what do you do about it? I mean, the majority of scientists seem to feel that, you know, things have changed dramatically, rapidly. And so, but that's a great example. Are we at in a stage of international, okay, worldwide, population-wide self-destructive behaviors? You know, I think up until the 50s, uh, maybe the 60s, we weren't aware the, of what we were doing. And that's, that's very yeah. realistic. You just don't know. Sure. You know, I mean, if you've never heard of drugs before, you go to a party and somebody <laughs> tries <laughs> tries to slide some white powder up your yeah. nose and you, you have no reference point whatsoever. Whoa, that's really good. It takes you a while to realize that, you know, this is killing you. Yeah. Um, so one of, the, one of the questions we look at is, for, you know, are you able to change your direction in order to hit a more positive goal? I do that with athletes all the time.
0: So why do you think there is so much self-destructive behavior, for instance, around COVID? I mean, you know, if you're not aware of COVID, and you're not aware of the science behind the the vaccine, that it isn't going to make you grow two heads. Yes, but there are thousands, probably millions of people out there who do believe that it is a problem to put COVID, uh, to put the COVID uh, vaccine into your body.
1: So why are, is there so much of that around? So, so we'll be clear. You and I both feel that the vaccine is the way to go because science... Had, and had
0: it done, and uh, yeah. I recommend to everyone, get it done. Right, and with yeah. every
1: other vaccine we've seen, whether it's yep. measles or smallpox, it's all saved millions of lives. Of course. Um, you know, I'm thinking about it just as we're listening now, and I'm sure everybody has an opinion. One of my thoughts is that... It's the fact that we have so much access to media and what we're recognizing is that people tend to look at, and this is a a universal factor, people tend to look at the things that trouble them the most. Right. And it makes sense. Right. You know, if we're a thousand years ago and you're walking down, uh, you know, down a little trail to the river, you're going to pay more attention to the big animal that may kill you mm-hmm. than to the little animal that's just cute. Right. We're, we're, sure. we're, we're designed to do that. You know, I don't actually know if I know for a fact the majority of people certainly want, want, the, uh, want the vaccine, but also I think that by making such big news about the people who don't Mm. okay we're increasing people's tolerance for that kind of opinion yeah and i you know i think and it's easy for me to say you know just you look at the data data is not something you've heard data is actual data based on research where there's science where people challenge the research you know there's real data Mm. but I think because we have so many access to different news sources, we tend to reinforce, you know, if you feel like you can't trust people, the people you're not going to trust, perhaps, are the people you should trust the most. Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. We're talking today about how to recognize self-defeating behavior. And uh, quite an interesting one is perfectionism. How, how is that oh, self-defeating? Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: but because… Who that, doesn't want to be… <laughs> most… Well, hopefully <laughs> most people. <laughs> Yeah well, I mean I mean that, that's a good one. I mean what, what happens is because ultimately nothing is ever perfect except perhaps you yeah. <laughs> to a lesser degree mate. Okay, what you you end up doing is you end up focusing so much energy on tweaking and changing and tweaking and changing, you lose sight of the goal and you never reach an outcome. okay? It prevents you from taking that next step where you're going to use whatever it is, or you're going to move on. Um, so people who tend to suffer, and I, I think in terms of suffer from perfectionism, they're so focused on the immediate, they lo- again, they lose sight of the goal. Yeah. You know, why did we try to do this? What What is our goal in initiating this? Well, you know, sometimes good enough is really, really good. So what's the difference between a, a perfectionist and the person that we just spoke about, the
0: guy who missed out on the job, and they say, hmm, what can I do to be better next time? Isn't that sort of,
1: is that a fine line or not? Well, it's a fine line, but I think, again, the the point is you, you define what your goal is, right? If you're building a house, which I, I know nothing about, mm-hmm. right? And I do know somebody like this. They've been building a house. It's in the U.S. They've been building a house for the last 20 years. Like the Winchester House. Winchester House just yeah. does it themselves and keeps changing it. Uh, seriously, has taken five kitchens out. Really? I, th- I think. I <laughs> think. I think. Part of it is goal. Is goal. You know, do you want to be perfect or do you want to achieve your goal? So yeah. you go to a job interview uh, and you don't do as well as you hope. You say to yourself, "I could do better." The goal may be I need to be good enough and better enough to get the next job I apply for. It doesn't mean I have to be the most charming, insightful, fascinating person of all time. Okay, does what you're doing meet your goal? Now, if your goal is to just occupy your attention and continually work on a painting, that sounds fine. Mm. But the other way of looking at it is the way you look at addictions. Is your focus on one aspect so overwhelming that it keeps you from achieving your other goals? You know, I mean, we've talked about this before. That's one of the aspects of addictions. One of the things that makes something an addiction is the cost exceeds the benefit. So perfectionism is, in a sense, an addiction. It's a compulsive behavior. And by focusing so much on that, you lose track of so many other things in your life. Do you come across it very often, people who are perfectionists in your business? Somewhat, somewhat. Um, But, you know, again, for some people, they're perfectionists in a very narrow range. Um, You know, I spent a lot of time, you know, we've talked about this in in martial arts, um, doing traditional karate, and part of it is you try to make your technique perfect. Whatever that means. Yeah. Um, but really what that, f- that means is you try to make it as correct as you can. But you see a lot of this. And we just came out of the Olympics. You see it with gymnastics. Uh, you see it with dance. Okay, but again, perfection, functional perfection, is it does what you intend it to do. It isn't Functional perfection is not continually saying that's not good enough. Does it do what you intend it to do? Okay, and if you intend it to do it at a very high level, you need to work at it. But you know, once you get a 10 in gymnastics, that's pretty good. Yeah. Are these things that we're talking about, are they like drugs? Are they an addiction? Yes. Because what you have is irregular reinforcement patterns. You know, people can be addicted to anything. Um, Again, it's an irregular reinforcement pattern where you try hard, but you're never satisfied. Well, that becomes pretty pretty engaging. Um, So, in a sense, you know, now. 20 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, they only talked about addictions in the terms of taking substances. Mm -hmm. You needed a chemical substance. But, you know, we we got smarter about that. You know, the reality of any substance you take is that has a change on your brain chemistry. So now we recognize addictions are behaviors that have that same kind of change in your brain chemistry. So, you know, you can be addicted to, God help us, the Internet. Yeah, You can be addicted to gambling, you can be addicted to sex, you can be addicted to weight loss. Um, because the thing is, it continually occupies your attention, and you lose sight of the fact of what is the goal.
0: The next one on the list pretty well ties in with the second thing, we, well, the first thing we talked about, and that is self-pity. Self-pity and self-criticism,
1: are they the same thing? Oh, I don't know. I think there's a relationship there. Um, I, I think, you know, a lot of people... Okay, uh, self self pity is interesting, um, and basically, it's uh, basically pity isn't always a bad thing. I mean, I think just thinking in my head, we tend to pity people who can't change their situation, can't change their circumstances, you know. And pity is kind of a negative word nowadays, but all it means is you know you really feel sorry for the, for the fact that they're in a situation that cannot be changed whatsoever. Okay, the trouble with self pity is do you actually say to yourself there's no way out of this mm. there's no changing it there's no making it better or there's no looking at it differently you know and it's easy for me to say but you know but some people have terrible situations you know that deserve you know concern and deserve compassion okay but they're able to say to themselves well this has happened this is terrible what can I do to compensate or what can I do to refocus? But basically, self-pity, if you're looking at it from that definition, is all you're saying to yourself, of course, I'm miserable. I have no choice. Yeah.
0: What about comparing yourself to others? I mean, that would be self-defeating in a
1: lot of ways, wouldn't it? Sometimes. You know, I mean, there's a thing called downward comparison. Again, all of these things, I wish they were, but they're not on the scale of black and white. Yeah. We always compare ourselves to others. And I was working last year with a girl um, attempting to get on the U.S. Olympic team. Uh, we do Zoom sessions. And by definition, she has to compare herself to other runners. That isn't always a bad thing. What we're looking at when you look, for example, at the Internet and uh, the new stuff that just came out about Facebook is you can get into a situation where it's so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You compare yourself to standards that it is impossible for you to achieve. But you might never improve if you don't compare yourself to others. Yeah. Um, th- being Comparing yourself to others is not necessarily bad. Yeah. It's just doing it to a point where it's an addiction, where there is no... Or if you re- reach that point, you go, that isn't good enough, then you look at somebody else. The question is, do you make the comparison to point out that you're not good enough? Or do you make the comparison to go, well, you know, there's something I do. And, and again, it has something to do, real, uh, something realistic. The girl I was working with, there are lots of athletes, Okay. If I want to get on the Olympic team, those girls run run the 800 in the second and a half faster than me. Yeah, i got to run a second and a half faster. That's a real realistic sure. goal.
0: Let's look at yourself. I mean, uh, people who ah. have listened to this program for the years that we've been doing, they may or may not realize that you are... Um, a very good uh, martial arts expert. In fact, well, you're probably about a sixth or seventh Dan, aren't you? Well, eighth Dan. Eighth Dan. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, but do you ever look at Jason
1: Bourne? But I've been doing that an awful yeah, long know, time. Yeah,
0: but do you ever look at the likes of Jason Bourne and you say, oh, I wish I was that good?
1: Well, I, I wish I had a movie camera like that. <laughs> he's he's fabulous. And he yeah, he is, know, we all do something different. No, well, I mean, maybe. The, those aren't the people I compare myself to. No, no, but I, mean, I, I, the, I merely use him course, as, an, as an example. Yeah. Because he no, is of course. Fun. I mean, I have, I have my role models. Yeah. Um, You know, and now I'm not obviously as sharp as I was maybe 20 years ago, obviously. And I look at some young guys coming up who are fabulous. Uh, But again, it's what do you say say to yourself? You know, role modeling is not a bad thing. Comparing yourself is not a bad thing. If you do it realistically and you say to yourself, you know, it isn't that person is better than me. But what is that person doing that allows that to be so good? Maybe I can do that.
0: But what is it that you've got in your head that makes you realize, let's just pretend that Jason Bourne was real. What, what is it that you've got inside your head which says, well, I'm never really going to be that good, and I'm just as happy being the eighth darn that I am rather than the ten down <coughs> that he is. Why can you walk away from it and some people can't?
1: I have no idea. Uh, I know what I, just personally, and this has nothing to do with my profession, I remember years and years and years ago, Somebody told me something, and I actually believed in it. Again, it was like an epiphany It came to me. I swear to God. They, they said, you know, I think it was a class I took years ago, and they said, you know, there are always going to be people that like you, yep. and there are always going to be people that don't like you, no matter what you do. So you might as well be the person you want to be. Yep. It just makes it easier. Maybe, maybe I have that, and Doesn't I know a lot of people easy? have that. That sounds easy, doesn't it? No, no, no! You're doing that again. It's simple, but it's not easy. Well, it's easy for me because yeah. I just it just seems to be realistic. I I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, a fair number of people listening seen the show do not like <laughs> don't like what I'm saying. They may that's not right. like you, but on the other hand, they won't come back next no, week. You know? <laughs> but
0: I wonder. Uh, we 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 said these things are very comparable to addictions, and most addictions are not easy to uh, put behind Correndous. you. So none of these things that we're talking about are relatively easy to fix either. Or other. it's sort of like a, could almost be with you for the
1: whole life. How do you get your head around that? But what the but the catch on addictions is is, re, is really um, interesting, and what, what's tragic, and anybody who's ever dealt with with addictions recognizes this. It, the, you know, nobody gets involved in addictive behavior or addic- using addictive substances with the goal of you know casting casting their life away you know there's some factors about addictions uh one thing about addiction when you're addicted to something that becomes the most important thing in your life okay you may not think of it that way but if you wake up in the morning and you're figuring out how you could sneak off to have a drink at work yeah that's the most important thing in your life so there's that factor the second no matter how much you do it you're never satisfied we see that with the internet all the time Right, you know, We see that with gaming all the time. I know a lot of uh, people who have young kids, they come home, they game for about an hour, two hours, they have a great time, they move on to do mm-hmm. something else. But you know, if you can't go to sleep, if you can't go to work, if you can't go to school, yeah. okay, there, it isn't that you do a lot of it. The problem is no matter how much you do, it isn't satisfying. It isn't enough. Okay, the third thing is, as I said, the cost increases the benefit. But the fourth thing we don't talk about is we initially get involved in addictive behavior. Because that behavior reduces our stress. Okay? So, you know, the very first time I have a drink, ah, that makes me feel better. Yeah. So every time I feel bad, I go back to having a drink. If I really, if I have the biochemistry that causes me to be alcoholic, and really so much of it is physiological, I use that every time I become stressed, and I don't have any other resources. The only resource I have is that addictive behavior. The trouble is, when I finally try to quit... There is nothing as stressful as quitting. Yeah. And the only tool I have to reduce my stress is the thing I'm trying to quit. That's why it's so challenging. It's doable. I mean, I have nothing but admiration, but I have to tell you, it's, it's hard. Some people just say, I understand this. I'm quitting and I'm stopping. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a challenge.
0: Though, um, you know, one of the things on here, uh, self-defeating behavior, is drug and alcohol abuse. It's like you're saying. I have heard that uh, the rush when you first take heroin, It's so good. You're never going to feel better than that first time you take it or smoking, what is it, pee. You're always looking for it. Sure. And you're always looking for it and that's why you you never get away from it. I wouldn't mind feeling like that. Yes. But I'm never going to do it. Yes. And I know I'm never going to do it. And even if you said to me it's free, have a crack at it. I
1: wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Why <laughs> because <wouldn't... laughs> it's never free. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, because you're not free. <laughs> because theoretically you're not self destructive. <laughs> you know, but I mean so much of that is again biochemical and physio physiological. It isn't necessarily you know, we tend to moralize that the, the people who are addicted to things, you know, have, you know, a weak personality. A lot of it is just physiological. Yeah. I know people who've used a variety of substances, they never became addictive in their lives, ever. Okay, it just it just doesn't happen. They used it once ago. I mean, you know, it's not for me. Yeah, but for some people, you know, it's that old saying of alcohol for alcoholics. You know, um, one drink is too many, and a hundred isn't enough. Yeah, there are some people uh, who the first time they do it, it changes their life. I I don't know if I told you on this show. I have a friend I met about ten years ago that I hadn't seen for twenty years earlier, and we used to party a lot. And I go, "What happened?" And he goes, "You know, um, I was partying with the wrong crowd." He was a great guy, super guy. And he goes, the very first time I tried cocaine, the very first time, I brought my head up from the table. I knew my life was going to be different. He says that affected him biochemically. It changed everything. Lost a job, lost family, lost friends, went to jail. And for him, it was the absolute Mm. first time. So that's why Mm. we shouldn't do it because you don't know. Yeah, um, but you know, I mean, you, you know, look at you know, you look at Kiwi culture or you know, um, Western culture. Our drug of choice seems to be alcohol. Yeah, you know, every lots of people drink without problems. Yeah, again, the criteria, cost greater than the benefit. Okay, no matter how much, it isn't enough. Okay, that that becomes a judgment.
0: Two minutes to go. Yep. Uh, if we are suffering from self-defeating behavior, give us a couple of quick tips. That uh, might help minimize these unhealthy behaviors.
1: The motto I like is first of all, you know, just recognizing, you know. And here's the thing: if you have someone that loves you, and you you do something, and they come home and go. God, you always do that. That's an indicator <laughs> that they've seen this before. <laughs> you know, if you have someone that loves you, and you come home from the job and you say something, you always say that. There's no <laughs> reason to say that. You know, maybe we should believe them. Because yeah. <laughs> it's hard to recognize on our own. So if you have a behavior that doesn't work for you, that someone you care about says to you, you're always like that, that may be a self-defeating behavior. Yep. Um, then, I, then I like the model we talked about, you just try to set a goal. Yep. Uh, and then there's steps, maybe next time we'll talk about it, steps to practical steps, usable steps to hitting the goals you want to hit.
0: Good you, Edmund. As always, my pleasure. Look after yourself. Talk to the same time, same place next time. Thank you, Ken. Take care.